Magandang buhay sa iyo lahat. Minasan, konnichiwa. You're tuned into Pinoy Australiano with your host, the brother that is the most trippiest Filipino-Australian you have ever herded. <laughs> We're still here in Osaka, Japan, in Abenoku, near Tenoji. Stay tuned for more about being a Filipino-Australian. So here we are in minus, minus three degree weather. It's been awfully cold in this third, or is it this fourth week of being in Osaka, Japan? It's crazy. Uh, when I used to live here over a three year period, when you hail from Melbourne, Melbourne, Victoria, Australia, not Melbourne, Florida, okay? They don't speak with an Aussie accent like we do, right? <laughs> you know, the number one livable place in the world, however many years running. It's weird when the weather is perfect. And I'm not saying perfect, like this is the perfect weather to live in, you know, all year round. I'm not talking that sort of weird ideal of like weather being the same throughout the whole year. Nah, I'm unfortunately not one of those people who uh, can get comfortable when things stay the same, yeah? I ain't dissing anyone who's like on that tip, but you know, it's sort of like, gotta mix it up a little bit, man. You know, that's, you know, I'll, let me trip you guys out. It's almost like, if you're at a restaurant and you get yourself a main, to be honest, I don't really fuck with mains because the, in Western, in Western cultures, like, you know, that main is just too much of eating the same shit. Like imagine getting a spag bowl and you know, no diss to you if you absolutely froth spag bowl, you know. You know, spaghetti bolognese, yeah, like. But it's just like, after half the plate, you feel full, you know. Well, actually, you might not even be full, you just, I'm just bored of the flavors. You know, so things got to switch up a little bit. And we'll get into that maybe later on if I remember to do so. Like, that's how Philippine cuisine is and perhaps, you know, different kinds of uh, cuisine around the world. You've got a little bit of everything to eat, you know, over some kind of staple like rice, you know, or tortillas, you know. <laughs> but in Japan, the four seasons here are perfect. They even have, like... Um, they even have like dates that are like public holidays or actual dates with an actual cultural event, you know, when the season changes. And perhaps that's after centuries, perhaps, of, you know, uh, important things that the season change, the seasonal changes are factored into you know like okay now it's time to yield the crops or now it's time to plant the seeds or you know this this or other and it's pretty crazy man like even though like and this is global let's talk about some you know the inconvenient truth or no no what is that called uh whatever Al Gore's 
um, yeah, I think it is inconvenient truth, Al Gore's um, doco about global warming or climate change. Yeah, you know, like just a couple of two weeks ago, the weather was recorded here in Osaka the same as, you know, the weather that's typical of April. And what month are we in? We're in January, you know. But that still doesn't change because the same thing was happening back in, what, 2012, you know, 2013 when I was still living here. And, you know, I've kind of lost my point there for a second, but I think it's just like the seasonal changes are still marked on those typical times and dates. This part of the world, you know, if you've been to the countryside here and you go camping out, where there's like you know ravine scenery and and if that's the the, the right way to, to describe it it's like it's it feels like you're in north america you know pine trees like grand pine trees these these rivers um that lay in between um like these really really circular pebbles you know and i guess can you say low tide in with rivers as well you know like before the water rush comes in the mountains have snow peaks on it it's you know it's seriously ninja country out there you know like around to going towards Gifu um, I'm, I'm forgetting the name of the prefectures but yeah man Japan in winter seasons perfect Ooh, that was a little funky interlude tune there by anchor yeah like that was called captain and it's like dum, shka, dum, chin, dum. it's it was almost you know that pre pre ponder replay freaking if that's the right song of you know island dance hall jig you know but it was more like <laughs> and i'm not being racist here because these we were the actual people that they would portray in these Hollywood movies but it's all it's almost like a ooga booga, ooga booga, with a bone through the nose like some of our natives have in the Philippines you know it's funny because you know what they considered savages you know the same shit happened here in in um, in Japan you know so you have the main island I think it's called Honshu right it goes on a diagonal like 45 degree di- uh, diagonal you know across you know the, the the you know laterally and in longitude and then up the north you have um uh hokkaido where sapporo is and those of you who drink sapporo beer that's that's where hokkaido is a lot of the beef and milk um is and, and i think now they are also um doing wine in hokkaido it's like you know northern 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 japan and what's crazy is and what a lot of people don't know there's some pretty hectic shit, man, but um, there isn't an Aboriginal group, you know, from um, Hokkaido, and they are known as Ainu, A-I-N-U, Ainu, and, uh, you know, they were considered, like, savages and, and barbarians, but, you know, that's like a misunderstanding of, like, the powers that be at the time, you know, and and more so was probably the hit the, the agenda without <laughs> trying to sound like a fucking conspiracy theory, you know, like they wanted to get that land, you know, it's a very fertile land up there, and the conditions are different, you know, it's ripe for the politics 
and ec ec economics of the time up until today it still happens you know and and the these um uh this cultural group have uh genetic ties with this the siberians you know which is in russia the russian region and and they're the, you know the siberians are actually indigenous to that part of the world too and also these native hokkaido hokkaidons as uh, we would use as a filipino suffix hokkaidons um they also uh related right across the north band of see so, you now i don't excuse me for being ignorant i don't know if the correct term is inuit or eskimo um please inform me call in let me know because you know these are important things don't want to diss anybody here on this show but their their genetic ties are um uh, strand right across that top end right into north america yeah and then um down south on the opposite end of the spectrum of uh of, of the main island of Honshu is a place known as Okinawa or used to be known as Ryukyu which was a tributary to a, to, to, the to a Chinese kingdom of that particular time until it was, what what's the correct word, absorbed or colonized by the main island of Honshu, of, of, you know, by the people of Honshu which are the Yamato if I'm correct, correct me. Anyone who's who's a bit of a Japanophile, if that's the correct word, anything with file sounds foul, you know, like pedophile, like that shit's foul. <laughs> but yeah, you know, like it's um, it's really interesting. Uh, why did I bring that up? Well, because we were talking about that island music and Ooga Booga and and the whole like, you know, um, colonization and whatnot. But you know, like every where in the world there's, there's a history like that it's 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 uh, survival of the fittest you know and and one thing that i've seen here you know watching my daughter these past three weeks observing her and watching other kids you know at karate and even just going and taking her to the park it's like what the filipinos have in similarity with the japanese is that we are both warrior nations whether the it's a woman just doing the house the housework you know being a housewife like me being a, a house husband even though i'm no longer married you know they commit like warriors peaceful warriors you know so if if uh austronesians you know we're talking about polynesian uh pacific islander uh cultures yeah so Philippines included, if as a you know dark-skinned uh, race we are considered hot-blooded, then what does that make the Japanese, who are like our northern islander cousins, relatives, but are not considered part of the Austronesian family linguistically and uh, culturally, perhaps, even though you know coming here to Japan like. You know, I've seen some similarities, but you know, who knows, who knows what that comes down to truly. But like, if we are hot-blooded, what does that make the Japanese? And and having said what I just said in the prior segment, I just realized that the Japanese are what you could call like cool-blooded. 
you know, there's some really straight edge people here in Japan. Um, I'll touch on some things I, I said in the past, in the earlier segments, but like, yeah, I've literally been like a house husband here, which is sort of the name of this segment, Istanbai. That's with an M for Malcolm, or Tambai. I just put Istan in front of it, or Ista, which is like stand by a Filipino, you know, and, and, and with Tambai, a Filipino, like play on words, we like to do that kind of shit. So is the Japanese. So, like, for example, uh, when we used to hang out with some of uh, Mike's wife's uh, friends in Melbourne, um, it'd be like, where do you want to meet? Let's meet in the city. Whereabouts in the city? Uh, in Merusan. What? Merusen? And you know, because you're already linguistically in tune with, with, with your friends at this stage, you know, I was like, ah, oh, Melbourne Central, I bet you it means is this. Is Merusen Melbourne Central? Yeah. Meroborun Central. You know. <laughs> but yeah, you know, the, the, I've, been a, I've been a house husband here, I've been a standby, and, um, you know, I've been spending a lot of time with my daughter doing a lot of catching up, you know. It'll never, I can never make up for the time lost. But, you know, I, rather than dwell on the negative, I thought, well, fucking, let's just go in, guns blazing, even if I have my hang-ups about this country and, and my ex-wife and whatnot. But, you know, it's a miracle. Like, thank God she hasn't taken away rights from me. You know, knock on wood, I have faith. You know, like, we can continue this, whatever this trippy lesson is in life. But, yeah, you know, like... Uh, I'm cleaning, I'm doing the vacuuming, I'm cooking. You know, last night, my daughter and I, we made um, flour tortillas because we don't have a tortilla press and we don't have access to masa. Mind you guys, if you're ever moving to Japan, you know, make sure you bring all of those essentials from your own country because to get overseas shit here is very expensive. Not that, you know, um, cilantro or, or, or uh, I'm going to say the Japanese name for it, pakuchi or coriander, uh, you know, not that that's really a main herb in Filipino cuisine, but I love, I froth the stuff. And you know, I truly believe if you're gonna have Mexican cuisine, you gotta have coriander, you know. If you're gonna do the, the real Mexican, you know, like, <laughs> even though I've never had real Mexican, I mean, unless, you know, Tex-Mex can be considered part of, you know, Mexican, Mexicano cuisine, you know, like, <laughs> but yeah. Shout out to, to the Mexicans in Texas, in Texas. But yeah, I'm jumping all around the place, sorry guys. Um, Blue-bloodedness, you know, like, some real straight-edge people. I take my daughter to the park every morning to, to catch the bus to kindergarten because their current kindergarten is, you know, being renovated and, you know, like I look at the teachers and you know they're all very polite like ah hi konnichiwa hi arigatou gozaimasu sayonara you know like just you know the politeness here is like beyond professional you know it's just, just how the culture is here you know very cool blooded people you know very polite ad- avoiding um this certain kinds of confrontation but they can also be straight and just tell you straight up like if you want to go to use the bathroom here you need to buy something you know like they're very up on respect and honor and discipline but mind you you gotta see um, my daughter's um, uh, bus driver this dude just looks emotionless cold but then you know like he's a human being so when you say goodbye to him or you acknowledge him his eyes smile you know and you know in japan because it's it's cold they have these face masks and man cool-blooded ice cold now if you know 
anything about Japan, guys, then you must have heard the term kawaii. Yeah, like not the place in Hawaii,、um, but the term that it can even be used as a term of endearment for strangers, too, actually, you know,、uh, politeness. How, how am I trying to phrase this? But like, kawaii means cute. And, you know, as a kid growing up and finding out about the Japanese, I had images like a lot of Westerners do of, you know, sushi, samurai, you know, ninjas, anime, video games. Then of the movies I watched, like Yakuza, like, what else? Just. Trippy deviant shit like karate, you know, all the you know, things that popular culture、um, in the West would show about Japan. And when I, when I came to Japan for the first time, I didn't even see this whole kawaii ness, even though, you know, my ex wife, you know, we weren't married at the time, but like, even though, like, I was meeting up, we were meeting up with all her friends and you know, like going to places and just hearing this word kawaii, kawaii, I'm such a kawaii, ne, you know, like everything was cute, cute, and then this whole like, you know, everyone posing for a camera, it's like, hi, Jesus, and then they would do this like crooked peace sign next to their cheek, you know, and sometimes even. Like, smile and make like a fake, like, what's the word? Kind of like trying to make fake dimples, you know, like, and just how much, you know, how much cake、um, women put on here in, 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 in Japan. And I'm not talking about food, I mean, you know, like makeup, you know, it's like,、uh, I mean, you know, like now that we're in our 30s, you know, parents, like, you'd think that. You know, there'd be a lot, of, a lot more people putting on less makeup, but like I'm seeing some like mums and grandmothers like fully done up, man. Like, you know, like model level, like high level cosmetics, you know. And, and, and then I, I was just like, but still then, back in the day, sorry, so back to back in the day, like we're talking about 2005, 2006, like even back then, like I didn't really notice none of this kawaii ness till I started to like. Dive really deep into the culture and then started to realize not only like on their television, on the ads, and you know, hence why there was a there was a supermarket aisle、um, interlude sound there before this segment, but you know, the supermarkets here and and like car parking and the convenience stores and shops and Even the trains. When you, when you live in a country that is so heavily populated, like dense, just because of the discipline of, of, and control, you know, this is not a conspiracy theory, you know, it's just like how they maintain、uh, law and order and peace here in, in Japan. They just, you know, especially a cool blooded warrior nation that used to like do jewels like the Wild Wild West, but as. As, like, samurai with blades as opposed to guns, you know, like, there was some beef to settle, they would settle it with samurai swords, you know, like, that's the real deal here, like, it's crazy, but 
for for the country to operate on that level in modern days you know in modern times it's like everything here is super compact you know we're talking about i've seen a house i kid you not if i'm roughly measuring it out here on the floor it was about 3 meters max in width and then it was 3 stories high what the fuck you know like how how do you live in a in a that was tinier than a shoebox apartment i lived in a shoebox apartment and i was getting neurotic because i didn't have my own space you know it was not even like a studio apartment like on some cool new york styles you know it was just like literally a shoebox you know like and you might not think that's cute but like when you see it's like oh look at that little cute house you know When you look at all these other things it's just like well look at how cute that little setup is you know like everything here is cute and you know that's that's what co- rewind <laughs> guys i'm jumping all over the place here and uh let's just go back to some of the things we've talked about in um the earlier segments but We were talking about mains and entrees and, and and like getting bored of the of food and I was using that as a as a as a as a, an analogy for um you know uh the perfect weather here in Japan you know Yes you know even the Japanese have meals like that even though quite noticeably their diet here is so much so much more smaller proportionally um in volume they even use that you know that they, they adapt that word volume volume for the size of a meal here you know it's like like these guys eat so so, so little and yet they have they work so hard it's crazy like they probably frequently eat but it, it's crazy like you know all their dons you know like their their rice bowls you know it's pretty much like just curry japanese curry mind you it's funny because when you go and buy um curry here they call it kare right but if you want to go get real curry like with that's really spicy that is cooked by an indian so to speak they call it indo kare you know the indian curry is like nah motherfuckers it's like <laughs> these cats like oi you should be calling yourself japanese kare kare sorry jap nihon no kare you know but they don't do it that way they they do it the opposite it's funny but anyway you know, that's just some funny things we're talking about food um we're talking about istanbul um my relatives from melbourne my tito butch he, he was he featured on the show on an early episode talking about the history of adobo um he was here with his family his wife his son and his and his daughter And you know we were talking about like hibiki and and uh what's the other uh rare whiskey here in Japan all the, all the foreigners have bought it and they've sold it all they've all exported all the stuff it's hard to find here guys unless you know you're in like um an obscure part of Japan and they're still selling it and they just don't know that it's worth a lot you know which is very rare they're very informed people here but we were at um yakiniku Yeah, yaki I believe is kind of like fried or grilled, you know, and niku is meat, so basically barbecue. And you know, my uncle is very health conscious now. He's in his 50s. Like we're eating like all different kinds of awful 
and 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 marbled beef meats and and you know my uncle likes to read and research a lot of stuff and and you know he was just, he just would compliment you know the, the 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 quality of food and then comparing prices with australia and how you know like really the standard here in japan as a result of their cultural maintenance really you know and the refinement of that is 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 just why japan is just like one of those places to be you know and you know it might sound like i'm like hanging off the balls of of japanese country but you know it was also this perfectness um truth be told that kind of made me neurotic here as well because now i'm missing like the opposite of that which is the wide open spaces of australia and you know when i compare it with the philippines like the crowded dirty streets you know like just people on standby you know tambay just on the corner just hanging out talking shit you know like you know but like the food it's like the food the way the food comes out here it's like small proportion so you got to order more than one anyway one dish you know um like we were having like um large intestine and you know it was so so good you know like as disgusting as it sound it was like prepared so well but if you would have that in australia or you would have that in the philippines it's not necessarily going to be as tasty because the 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 way that they 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 prepare and cook and you know the animal they source it from is just it's not heavily scrutinized like it is here in japan you know more so in australia with like all the health and safety laws and then actually having someone who does know how to cook it and eats that stuff on a regular <laughs> you know it's it's really about the variety we're going to continue talking about variety in the next segment thank you for listening in stay tuned yeah and on that level guys like the the variety of things available here in japan is just redonkulous you know it's probably chilled out a little bit but is still by far pretty hectic as opposed to western standards but now you know um through social media and through you know improving economies in 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 Melbourne so to speak um you know we're now getting things that are more exclusive to to Australia not as exclusive as things here in Japan but yeah I'm actually quite surprised I've done I've done a bit of shopping here and you know I used to be real heavy heavy into street brands you know street wear so to speak but it's sort of like yeah the colors are different you know of course the seasons are different but you know generally what I noticed over the past decade of traveling um to Japan is like they're always ahead of the game with different colorways and and different fashion styles and different cuts but I'm actually quite surprised this time around that you know it's 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 uh it's become specifically more sort of like a rehash of the old you know and in in terms of that variety like you know I I recall going to one sh- you know shopping center and you had all these um fashions and style trends of the fashion at the time in that for that season and then you would jump over on the footbridge to another joining building we're talking about um Kintetsu and Kyuzumo and uh Mio in uh, Tennoji um <coughs> and you know all the little outlets and the shops like you'd see the similar styles just different branding you know like they jump on it real quick and it's not like Japan is really known as opposed to let's say the Chinese 
uh, manufacturers because everything is made in China. It's the cheapest, one of the cheapest places to manufacture things. It's like you know the Japanese don't aren't really known uh, or called out so much for you know the imitation quality of things. You know, like they Japanese things. They have you know an original sort of culture despite having adopted or you know copied things initially you know from like technology to you know even fashion even food but they, they just they know how to inject their culture into it you know so there's, there's some crazy crazy variety there you know and, and you know on the whole kawaii tip of things being cute it's like because you have to cater for the masses here in here in japan you have however many million or is it billion i don't know i think it's millions of people here in japan like and their culture it's kind of like wow you know it's it's things to be to be amazed about when you know from a surface level like just how how expensive meat is fish is a lot cheaper it's a lot more affordable so because that's the staple of you know one of the meat staples in in japan but like meat like as in um uh red meat and white meat like you know you're getting something like oh a steak here you know like 110 gram steak here it's like it's like 50 bucks it's only 110 grams you know but it's marbled beef it's probably been slaughtered a particular way so there's less blood you know it's like meat's expensive because they just don't have the the farmland and the cattle to serve meat and sell meat at that price you know so everything's in these little kawaii proportions you know um cars because streets are so narrow here they've got what they call k cars which are like little mini versions of you know trucks and vans and even little hatchbacks themselves and and they're really spacious which is crazy like everything here has to be efficient because if it's not then the whole sort of country would would collapse mind you earthquakes hurricanes all different types of natural disasters but on the darker tip what we're about to touch on which is where i started giving philippines props you know um is that there's a very very um, from what I've heard and watched, you know, not focus, focusing on the negative, but there's a very, very strong underlying, there's very strong underlying psychological factors here in Japan that, you know, if you're not prepared for it, could send you bonkers and, and, and is kind of like my confession to you guys as to like, you know, why I ended up leaving Japan. Why would you leave Japan that you, you know, you adore so much? Stay tuned. So perhaps what I struggled to connect with, mainly because of a language barrier. Don't get me wrong, like, you know, I can sound like I speak Japanese and, and, and if you see me in action, I can sort of hold down some basic conversations. But, you know, the, the vocabulary is always one of the most difficult things to learn when learning another language, let alone the grammar and then different styles of speaking and conversing. And I struggled really to, like, find deeper connections here in Japan on basic friendship relationship levels. Um, you know, with my, my ex-wife, with my, my 
um, mother and father-in-law at the time and you know yet you know when you you think of japan you think of like zen you think of like uh buddhism you think of uh shinto and we're not getting get get into all that but you know like let me drop some left field shit on you guys like i've actually gone and done a past life reading and apparently i was in a past life um a japanese samurai i mean a samurai yes from japan right and it's funny you know i uh, i think the way certain psychics work is their their levels of extrasensory perception is, is just that sensitive that they can probably somehow hear or, or or see what your mind is projecting if you you're so inclined to to believe in such things you know and it's funny because i was in the subway on in tenoji um and so subway is different from there's multiple train lines here um jr is the normal train line but i was in the subway and i'm like why am i here yeah obviously because uh, i've had a kid and, and you know like it's maybe a typical filipino thing but i think it is just in any culture you know like when a woman is um, that con- connected pregnant woman is that connected to her family of course where would you want where would she want to be when she's about to give birth she wants to be in the most comfortable safest place she feels which is back here in japan so you know i did like you know the typical right thing to do you know it's like uh, I, I sacrificed whatever i had going on in, in in melbourne and moved to another country you know onto brighter and greener pastures but before i realized that that wasn't going to be the case i actually had this like this trippy vibe that um i must have been a samurai in a past life while walking through a subway it's interesting like you know when you when you catch a train here in japan most people are quiet there's um signs that tell you that to put your phone off uh, put your phone on silent the latest uh, new edition that i saw um in terms of train riding etiquette this this uh, recent visit is current visit is like don't play video uh, mobile phone video games cell phone video games on the train like yo because you know the guy might be twitching and like pressing buttons and stuff like that's like yo are you serious that's hectic and anyway so i got off the train and it was like one of those you know perhaps documentaries or news reports where the camera is in the subway above everyone's heads and you know like you know it's like a not a bird not quite a bird's eye but like a three-quarter isometric view of like the train and all the tra- people getting off and on the train it's weird i'm walking through a scene like that through real life yeah i'm walking through that but in my mind's eye that's what i'm seeing and i'm thinking in my head i must have been a samurai in a past life wouldn't that be funny if i was you know and to hear this from actual you know pretty highly recommended psychic you know powerful psychic from um you know the, the mountains of of uh of uh, south australia <laughs> quite literally a seer like a, a a wise monk a woman yeah like yo like it's crazy and we're going to continue about this uh this banter on on uh sort of spiritual connections stay tuned
So I don't know if you've, uh, if that recorded, if if you heard that, but that was the, um, that was the garbage man. Can you hear that? I don't know if it's picking up on this microphone, but let me see if I can open the window for you guys to hear. Sounds like a friggin' ice cream truck, you know? Like, that's the kawaii-ness of this, this, uh, country, you know? The cuteness, it's like, how odd, you know? Like, you know, from the history of, like, a very militaristic, you know, and it's, I guess, you know, it's a, it's a sort of repeating thing of history, like, it's always the, the elite of the world, you know? I'm not trying to sound a conspiracy theory in this because I'm just trying to state facts, is that the elite are usually the those who hold the the powerful skills um, not only in combat but also in um, in technology so what was the technology during the Iron Age it was like swords weaponry you know I I had known a little bit about Filipino history, you know, and I'm still trying to research a lot more into it. The more and more I'm older and, and get to check out the things that fascinate me, like Japan, for example, you know, Kung Fu and Chinese cultures and whatnot, you know, the more and more I go back to my roots, you know, like, and, you know, go towards my inner self. Like, So anyway, without getting too, <laughs> I'm always going on tangents, but the Datu, Right, I always thought the dat like Datu Pute, for example, is actually historically a, a bad guy. You know, like he kind of fucked up. Um, we won't go into his story, but like the Datu, I always thought the Datu just meant like, you know, like chief or you know, like the topmost member, almost like a king or a, an 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 emperor of a, or a president or something like this of of a of a particular clan or tribe. Yeah. I always thought it was just a title, but no, if you know um, about Filipino history, the Datu is actually uh, a class, it's a class of people, it's, 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 it's upper class, it's, it's upper echelon, you know, it's these, these guys not only had the best weaponry, they were dealing in trade, they were the government basically, you know, they were the richest richest people even though gold was abundant in the philippines back in days according to history textbooks you know like you just need to dig deep in certain rivers and you can get a nugget of gold and then craft that into your own thing you know like so here in japan i just found out recently too that the samurai were actually this was very similar they were a, a higher class um people in their society you know, and so it makes sense that there are no longer samurai because, you know, this this cool bloodedness. You know, we're not talking about like people who are just like peaceful and calm. We're talking about like people who can bear arms. You know, like they can kill if they they need need fit they see fit to you know like that's how the samurai operated that's why there was so much like civil war so to speak between different clans different daimyo different shogun you know like generals to like acquire land and 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 you know absorb 
tribal, you know, their version of tribal lands, clans and whatnot, before Oda Nobunaga, or is it Nobunaga Oda? I don't know how they say it in Japan. Like it's surname first before, before their first name. Um, he was the one to unify all of Japan. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to say is militaristically it trips me out that japan is so cute like with these ice cream truck sounding um rubbish pickups but there's this thing about japan and this seriousness and this politeness and peacefulness and serenity that i can't quite get my head around it's like these two opposing things that don't make sense to me so when you are living and absorbed in Japanese culture, at least for my for myself, like on a on a Kansai level here in in the, the Kansai is a region that is bordered by Kobe, uh, Osaka, and Kyoto. Yeah, it's like like a triangle. Yeah, it's sort of um, what's distinctly known as the West Side. It does. It's not that it's its own language or its own dialect, but it's almost like its own dialect actually and it's quite sad to see that this new generation uh that it's being lost you know that that, that television and and all this kawaii-ness actually is is destroying this really like old culture you know i'm a bit i'd be really sad to like meet someone that says they're from osaka in 20 years and they don't you speak kansai bin or Osaka Ben, you know, the Kansai dialect, or even Kyoto Ben is like, wow, it's just a whole nother way to speak Japanese, you know. Um, so there's this, there's this conflicting thing about my time here in Japan. And you know what's crazy is like Japan, if you don't already know, is like, has a, um, is, is a, is a, is a, what is the right term, an aging society, you know, it's becoming more and more childless, I mean, there's so many millions of people here, like, I see kids all the time here, like, they're all on the street, more so than I see in my suburb of, um, Victoria, yeah, like, there are kids running around, you see it, but apparently there's more and more older people, and a lot, a lot less people are having kids, and why is that? Perhaps because, you know, like, the constraints of the of 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 life just these people just really don't have time and probably more so the money to actually have a child you know i'm a foolish dude i'm one of those dudes you know who just sort of you know lives life free free spirit style and you know like if friggin the missus is pregnant the missus is pregnant we're keeping the the kid if we both agree you know if she agrees to you know and, we're, and you know it's not like my daughter was an accident we actually planned it you know like but financially at that point in time i wasn't in a good place you know but it you know it gave me a kick up the ass and you know i experienced uh, some good and bad times during during this time and here i am you know like the, the story continues you know but you know it's like on that level like how sad is that you know and i don't think it's only restic restricted to, to japan but i think in japan it's magnified it's emphasized even more it's like a hyper hyper western reality here in a japanese mode you know like the majority of people here their jobs you know obviously you've got all different kinds of workers but like 
it, every every country has like your your suits and the the what do they call the businessman here kaisha in kaisha in you know company person you know a person that works in a company like there's a there's a shop you know the brand shop that corporation they shut shut up shop and it's just around the corner from where i live here here in osaka in abenoku you know uh nishi nishi i believe this is the area it's like man like you see these guys everywhere and if you hear about you just look up kaisha in and you just look at how like their lifestyles and the things they have to do the how much they have to bend over backwards the the amount of overtime unpaid they have to do it's ridiculous you know and maybe i'm just a sensitive dude maybe i'm just super soft but it's like even though they don't impact my life like there's an energy about it that you know kind of got me down and as much as i wanted to like work and and do the the, the things that i needed to do to be a a good you know to be the the provider of, of my family here in japan it was just like it was just too difficult to get into it at my i didn't have the skill set you know and also more so was it the fear of that kind of ugly corporate world where you know i'd see some of my friends who were dancers but they would be working in the in the in the offices just how you can see their soul this you can't you know you see the soul dying in their eyes they're just wrecked and like hanging out with them and dancing with them and drinking with them was the only way you could see that sort of you know spark in their eyes still you know the flame in the rice still flicker And so being the Filipino Australia that I am that suffers from uh, Catholic guilt and uh, the, the, the relying of others and the investment of your time in others so that, uh, you know, this is the psychologia or the psychology of a, of, a, of a Filipino, you know, the stereotype, of course, like that you depend on others um, by doing good deeds for them first because one day you might need the deed them to do a deed for you you know <laughs> a favor for you it's like I, I started to focus on how the japanese operated you know and how when things especially when things went going my way and you know the loneliness of like you know just just you know like the japanese are very very private people the people that i have interacted with you know they 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 get there's a t there's a time and a place and a space for everything and everyone you know and you just have to do it within that time and that's all you've got it's all allotted it's all nicely neat kawaii you know and that made me neurotic because here i am i'm from i'm a filipino australian i'm not just a filipino i'm not just australian i'm a filipino australian here i am i'm you know very family orientated i'm used to having friends and family around over all the time constantly interacting with them as if you know we actually work together we live together we 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 enjoy success together whereas here it's like you're left on up to your own devices and it's up to you to make shit happen if you're not doing too well yeah you can ask for help and you're expected to ask for help and be direct like that here in japan at least from what i experienced but like yeah you know no one's gonna hold your hand here in japan you know like that's one thing i learned the hard way you know and i'm not saying that um i wasn't independent enough but yeah you know like psychologically emotionally perhaps even spiritually i needed these like kind of soulmate kind of people but what's funny is if 
if I look, if I if I relay this this uh, past life story, it's like apparently uh, <laughs> I was I was married to this um, woman and she died when um, she gave she gave birth to our child, and then from that point on, I never loved again. And I was from a powerful clan, and you know I ended up becoming you know uh, I'm high. Uh, hired to kill kind of a samurai and I would go out and you know assassinate who the client wanted me to and then I ended up becoming supposedly like a a powerful shogun but I never loved again (laughs) you know it's 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 funny like you know one of the other things that's really funny about that is that that I was supposedly jumping from clan to clan like I, I would my clan was powerful but i'd be gone for like apparently three years at a time and then come back and then just see how everyone's going and then move on to the next thing you know and if i think of that and how that relates to my real walking life not only here in japan like but also all around the world that i've been to you know and i've been to that many places it's like i'm that guy some kind of social butterfly guy you know but he can hold his own but he's never really part of any one particular clan you know it's just wherever he is in his journey and so yeah like i focus on all of this dumb shit but if 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 past life past habits uh repeat themselves in in current lives then you know like then it kind of makes sense that if i was a japanese samurai that did that then that's how i was gonna you know that was the challenge that i had to face here in in japan you know and so having focused on all this bullshit unfortunately when when my marriage was on the rocks like i ended up getting real depressed and and locked myself up in the in the house i was getting suicidal and dude you know like it just it's just it just wasn't happening and that that stayed as a very bitter thing in my heart up until recent times and that's why i've come to forgive that and forgive myself for for whatever bullshit was going down during that time i think you know before we wrap up this segment it's uh you know, it's always about focusing on the positives because we're just bombarded with all the things and just the harshness of reality that you have no time to like be super down about things. Yeah, you can be sad about it, but you know, never forget that inner smile. And yes, sir. Yes, mum. Yes, mum, sir. <laughs> it's it's truly, truly about thinking about the positives. You know, like in Japan, the that concept of Zen, which probably stems from Buddhism, that comes all the way from India. Even though most Japanese are considered, let's say, atheist, they don't really believe in a, a particular god. They own, and they're not actually. They're actually not Buddhist either. Like they, they. It's very interesting Japanese culture. It's like Buddhism is only for funerary rites. So when someone dies, they die in Buddhism. But when they're born, there's no baptism. There's no 
you know, like Catholics, Christians, you know, we do baptism and, you know, we celebrate Christmas and, you know, we do it. We're just we're supposed to be, you know, the birth, you know, the, the, the birthday of Jesus, really, technically, like not Christmas gifts and Santa Claus, right? But as things get perverted, anyways, like actually Japan's spiritual side is or the, 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 the traditional culture, uh, religion, so to speak, is a form of animism, yeah, which is called Shinto, which is like where that, which is this belief that God is everywhere. So, and it's funny when the Japanese people will like explain to me, you know, it's like the god of the trees, the god of the mountains, you know, the god of the earth, the god of the sky. But then he would go even as far as you know the god of your nose hair the no the god of your snot the god of the the cotton fibers in your jacket you know ne lama ne lama chan ne ano ne ano kamisama ne ano t-shirts no kamisama ne oru ne ano ohana kuso no no uh kamisama you know like they just say you know i just said you know like the god of the t-shirt you know the the god of your your snot like with kansai being order as opposed to iru iru is like imas which means to exist in osaka they say order it's just this their little flip on the vowels just like filipinos do too you know pote pote is it i or e at the end it's it's interchangeable these vowels are interchangeable because they sound they can bend those ways you know and so, like, it's that form of gratitude, guys. Back to the program. Back to the program, guys. <laughs> it's it's that form of gratitude in their waking life that helps the, uh, a person so inclined to feel that way spiritually. Like that, it's like everything's a miracle. You know, it's they're not dead. Yeah, they might be facing hardships, but you know, God is everywhere. Like, I should be grateful. This is a miracle. Like, I'm walking. God is with me all the time, you know. But what's interesting is that the fact that I said that most Japanese are like technically atheists, you know, I don't know, look up the statistics online, have a conversation with me, tell me. But what's interesting is they may not have a God, they may not be like um, idol idol worship or, you know, pictures of their gods here, you know, unless they're, they're practicing Buddhists, you know, or Christians or Catholics, even though they're supposedly not supposed to worship idols, you know. But like, you just look at the, you just look at their culture, cultural habits. You know the the fact that before they eat, they will say itadakimas. You know, which is uh, I forget the translation, but it's like you know thanking. Um, you know, it's like it's like saying grace. It's like some kind of prayer, really. When you say itadakimas, it's like I am receiving. You know, like why would you say that you know like that's very religious that's very spiritual you know the, the two things are very different guys realize that religiousness and spirituality you know make that distinct uh make the distinction between the two it'll help you but like um just like on new year's day they'll go to the temple you know and temples big business here just like churches in in the catholic world you know like and go to christian world but you know new year's day they'll go to a temple they'll piff you know however many coins into the into like the donation box or whatever that thing is then they will clap their hands twice they will ring the bell then they will clap the hands once bow the head and do the prayer some kind of order like that and then you know that's like the 
New Year's resolution, and then they're out. That's religion. So underneath the veil of this cuteness here in Japan is, is still that samurai spirit or that bushido as uh, some b-boys or b-boy katsu, shout out to b-boy katsu from Tokyo, uh, from Kawasaki um, told me, you know, like that's the, that's the warrior spirit of the, Jap- of, of the Japanese in the Philippines, I think, you know, there's different terms, but like we have, we have, like all cultures, it's, it's human nature, like to, to fight, laban, you know, like to just, there's always something to fight for. And um, this is what I wanted to say earlier on, earlier on about sort of the dark side of Japan. It's that while there are less and less children being born in Japan, you're getting more and more adulterated, if that's the correct term to use right now, like society and culture that's refining itself and really like locking its, its, its locked doors, you know, its, its claws into the ground, you know, it's something that is not going to be knocked off unless god forbid you know something shakes them off forcefully if not from within and if you look at it that way that's that's kind of uh definitely a matter of concern you know um rest in peace to those people who have passed away you know and i don't mean to bring up any bad vibes but as as a means to make a point you know uh however many years ago it was there were these like even yeah just recently the one of the episodes i just i had a bit of a sook here on <laughs> pino Australiano, but you know people dying in mass killings shootings yeah now that doesn't quite happen here in japan but what does happen here and or has happened in here in japan is is a lot more sinister actually and it's quite scary and it's i think a matter of concern and that's something you know you might be able to especially if you have children yourself like you really need to think about and, and care about and sometimes it's not even your child in particular that you gotta look out for but other people's children you know not to diss any other parents but let's try and work together here it's like there are cases where you know four or five kids would gang up on a child here in Japan and they would just beat this kid to death now without removing that the terribleness from that that instant case you know i'm sure this kind of stuff happens in other parts of the world but it gets darker than that then you're getting these kids who are like they just you know they've always been thought as the weird one or the odd one in the class very silent very like receded in themselves you know like their eyes look cold they look almost like murderous yeah like whatever that is why that happened you know it's probably because of neglect or who knows what if their parents weren't neglectful they were just law-abiding citizens but they just didn't ever notice that in their child or give him this extra attention that he possibly needed you know or the society he was in the culture he was in you know we're talking about japan here that this one kid 
murdered another kid, it cut his head off and it posted it at the front of the school. This is like some movie shit, but this is reality, you know, and, and the question was, why is this happening in Japan? And, you know, and like, you know, schools doing like a national apology, you know, that we're going to work this out. They're having talks with their kids because this is just like something really bizarre. And I think perhaps, and who am I to say, but I'll say it anyway. It's like, I think this is because of a lack of a connection to spirit, you know. That it perverts in other ways and comes out very negatively, you know, like you can't eat money, but money is essential. I'm not saying don't stop working, you know, like don't be like me, a struggling artist for the rest of his life. No, like we're climbing out of that. So can you, you know, like you've got your money right now. Maybe take a step back before it's too late and, you know, spend more time with people you love. Be on the lookout, you know, be more communal. It's not just about your own shit, it's about everybody else's shit too sometimes, and vice versa. Anyway, stay tuned. We are working overtime here on Pino Italiano Osaka edition, guys. Um, Let me wrap it up very shortly. I have other things to do today, but <laughs> um, continuing on this sort of like these young killers, you know, in, in, in Japan and wherever else in the world, you know, you, you can't forget, and you know, I'd love to read the facts on this, the, the, the statistics on this, like, I look at my daughter, I don't, I've never taught her how to dance until recently, um, I've never taught her how to play an instrument, she's learned all of that here alone through her mum's support, yeah, but when I look at this girl, She's me, all her talents, like the fact that she loves video games. Do all kids love video games? I don't think so, you know, like some kids just not into it. Yeah, they'll play for the sake of playing, but my daughter loves video games. My daughter's constantly daydreaming. She's always like just in another world, you know, like she can't maintain her focus for very long. She's, you know, I just, I'm looking at a mini me. It's, it's ridiculous. Even her mom says it. Even, even her grandparents here in Japan say it's like this girl behaves like a foreigner. How can she behave in a, as like a foreigner if she's being conditioned as a Japanese person? It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's, it's, it's genetic. Yeah. And so if, if we take that, that's, that's my truth. Yeah. So I'm trying to take that logic and seeing if that applies to what I've noticed around me. And this story about these young kills, it's like, how do you take a katana away from people who have samurai spirit? You know, like Japanese are some of the strongest sportsmen in the world. They create some of the craziest technology. No wonder samurai swords were so freaking tough. You know, like why they have some of the best knives that chefs, you know, you know, seek this well sought after, you know, piece of equipment. It's that thought that, you know, like Michael Bernard said this once to me, you know, and he's another Filip you know, Filipino Australian. He's very in tune with his Filipino side. Um, but he knows a lot about Bruce Lee too. And he, he I don't know if it was Bruce Lee's uh, quote or not, philosophy, but he said to me, he goes, remember man, always expend that negative chi. You're not getting rid of that negative energy. Imagine being part of a society, and I won't restrict this to just 
people here in Japan. It's worldwide. It's anywhere in the bloody universe. I'd like to say, you know, it's just like, imagine you are unable to expend that negative chi, and it's why it's been calling me more and more so. But like after a year hiatus, you know, it's like it's time perhaps to get back into some form of like competitive dance, you know, like or even. Finding a group of people who like to do that just you know for fun and and not so seriously in a competi- competition sports like environment you know because you gotta release that negative chi yeah and you know like I used to like look at people who used to get real drunk on the weekends like oh man how sad it was actually you know my my older PR mentioning it to me he was never a drink he still isn't but it's just like isn't it sad that the people have to get wasted to like get shit off their chest and isn't it you know doesn't it make sense that that's the reason why they're all fighting and punching on we're talking about Melburnians yeah and yeah I'm not dissing drinking at all because I love drinking and I love to get smashed as well I think the more important point of that that little story is that you know like these guys probably don't have ways or outlets to expend that negative chi you know they don't do martial arts they don't do sports or even if they do it's still not enough they're just powerful people you know the people of of the the british isles you know like we're talking about people with viking blood there you know we're talking about the scottish the irish the english like that's some fucking real tough blood there you know like they need these outlets that's look at aussie rules these dudes are massive six foot two and they're jumping up to catch a ball and they're getting tackled like rugby and gridiron players are you know that's some heavy heavy negative chi that you dudes need to release this aggression you know in a positive way you know and in that you know the love and the discipline and just being able to get all of that out you know even if it's not on some new age spiritual shit hey it's still something Maraming salamat guys, thank you, thank you for listening to our our podcast. This is Lopez Lawang, magandang buhay sa iyo lahat. Anthony, you know, he just have to live now to pick up his daughter at the bus stop in the local park, you know. But he didn't give any of us any time to do our segment here on the show. So anyway, before he left the house, he said, Hey, Lopez, pwede bang ikaw na lang mag... Uh, can, you, can you just finish the, the, the segment for me na lang, you know? Like, can you just finish the, the show, do a goodbye to the listeners? I was like, oh, syempre. Kaya ko yun. I'll do it. Oh, go, 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 you know. It's It's amazing really you know for all of us to be here you know in uh osaka you know to to be you know you know doing what you what we normally do back home you know i stand by just you know just sitting there chilling drinking eating just having fun and you know you might consider it being lazy but it's not being lazy when why should i work when i why should I work when, you know, I come from paradise? There's no reason to work. I can go if I'm hungry. I can eat the 
pish, you know, I can pish, you know, I already plant the seed, so I just wait for it to grow, you know, it's, it's also work, you know, so, but in the meantime, the meantime, I just, you know, I lay 90 degrees on the palm trees, you know, like the Pujis. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You know, but now I'm doing it here. You know, we are doing it here in Japan, looking after little Lily. You know, we're cooking her. You know, it's amazing. My, my. Uh, I'm breaking up the character, guys. Excuse the uh, bipolarity, um, schizophrenia, uh, multiple personality thing going on here. But I'll just do it in a Filipino accent. We're talking about my daughter here. Yeah, it's like you know, it's it's amazing. You know, like I asked my daughter, I asked her, Lily, what would you like to eat for lunch today? And she said, Papa, I know. Philippine, Philippine chauhan tabitai ne, mecha tabitai sore, mechoishi. Philippine chauhan. Chauhan is, I believe, is a Chinese word actually, from chuka ryori, which is Chinese cooking, yeah? Chauhan is like a fried rice, is their fried rice. So she said to me, she wanted to eat egg and Philippine chauhan, Philippine or fried rice. No. Oh, that was one of the things that made me so, so happy. Look at me switch between Filipino and Aussie accents now. You know, like sorry, I'm confusing my listeners. If you stayed, if you, you're still listening, thank you. It's it's crazy. You know, and that makes me happy to be a father. You know, like when you have, when when I have such a strong connection with my daughter, despite being away from her from from very long periods of time that you know that she wants to have to give me she wants to eat papa's cooking which is basically you know browned garlic and using the oil you just bake the rice in the pan there you know you like you're technically frying it but it's not like there's lots of oil you know you just sort of like you dry out the rice a bit and and add salt you know like that's it mate Right, like that makes me happy. That you know, not obviously not every day. It's a bit of a bitch to make every day, but like you know, that my daughter loves garlic and rice, Philippine chauhan, sinangag. That's a word for you guys to say that are not Filipino. Even you Filipino Aussies out there that can't say it properly, not sinagag, not sinangag. Sinagag, it's sinangag, sinangag. Even my daughter can say it. Sinangag. Thank you, guys.